Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 108 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Amy Lynn Kirshner. Hey, Michael. Hey, Amy Lynn. When was the last time you performed? Well, let me think back. Um, <laughs> I sang at the Career Services Holiday Luncheon. You sure did. With my colleagues, Maddie Leach and John Tuton, accompanying me on guitar and banjo, respectively. Not a cappella for the first time, maybe ever. Definitely ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It was great fun. And beyond that, oh, I don't know. I keep my hand in the performance <laughs> ring. Fair enough. <laughs> Which I think may have been why our topic today was appealing to you. Mm. You came across an article. Well, I think that in this day and age of curated content, this article arrived uh, in my browser. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, get this for one. a reason. And it was about how you can use performance skills in your everyday life, and particularly in your career. And obviously, it appealed to me because it talks about a lot of the skills that I have learned over the years in the theater and in acting classes. Losing that Philly accent. Um, (laughs) I always think that's so interesting that that was coached out of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, it was. I think that I never had a heavy one. But I definitely had to make sure I was always saying water, <laughs> water not exactly. water. That is, and uh, other certain things. And I occasionally do hear myself on this podcast and think, "Ooh, it's sneaking back in." <laughs> years and years of being here will do that to you. Uh, well, and you know, this is conversational. I'm trying my best oh, to be myself. So are you using an acting technique in that case? Well, exactly. I'm not using an acting technique. But isn't the authenticity piece? Well, I'm definitely trying to be authentic. And am I using some of the skills I learned as an actor? I suppose, but also but that's but that's why my accent, as slight as it is, will come out because I'm dropping all artifice, which of course is the ultimate goal of any actor. Exactly, but also, see? you don't want to say water. When you're performing Shakespeare. So I guess it's a very fine line. And that's actually what I liked about this article. One of the things that's right up at the top of the article is sort of a disclaimer that says, using acting techniques is not the same as manipulating people or being phony or fake. Milan and I both had a former colleague, uh, Lori Strauss, hello Lori if you're listening, who always used to give me a hard time about being an actor because she would say, oh, I don't. Can't trust uh, you. Can't trust an actor. Can't trust an actor because you're always you could always be lying. You're always performing. She's like, and I don't like you always come out, come out after a show. I won't come see you in a show because then you're gonna come out in your costume and say hello. And I, you're breaking the. I was like, but this is not middle school. That is a very funny thing about Lori Strauss. Do you know what else she really disliked? Tell me. Historic reenactors. Oh yes. <laughs> Which is the same thing. <laughs> very inauthentic. <laughs> Describing does not, experience does not never want had. to interact with someone yeah. who's playing a role. Yeah, I, I get that for sure. So I think that that's a good point about this article and kind of getting to what we were just talking about, even though the accent bit seemed off topic. But you're still trying to come across in an authentic way while still using these strategies basically to help you convey what you want to convey effectively. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so when we are in acting class or working on a show, you're always talking about what do I want 
and what do I want from my scene partner and what do our characters want so what am I going to do to get what I need and mm. it's a really good way to think about things in life it sounds aggressive and often when you're first taking acting lessons or first thinking about being an actor you can go for those sort of big things first easily well how am I going to get what I want from Elin I'm going to shout at her I'm going to grab her right but <laughs> unless you're angry and in a really serious situation that's probably not what's going to happen so if I need Melin to give me some money right I, yeah okay I could rob her please don't but there's a, a million different ways that I can do that I can control her. I can make her feel sorry for me. I could woo it out of her. You know, I could seduce it out of her. Right? Yes, I could. Yes, I could bargain with you. Mm -hmm. Right? And we would, I mean, at the most basic acting exercise is to have a very blank statement like, should we do the laundry? And to to say it with a million different intentions. Mm. Right? So it would be like... Should we do the laundry? Should we do the laundry? Should we do the laundry? You know, you do it a million different ways to express different intentions, right? And so we don't think about that, I think, in our real lives. But of course, we do it automatically in life. And so when I saw this article, I thought they made a great point about when you're on a job interview or when you're in the job, trying to adapt these Tech, these acting techniques to life just to be more conscious of them to make a choice about the goal. Yeah, and that was what was interesting to me. I'm thinking about wearing my writing instructor hat and thinking about how we talk about the WIFM, the what's in it for me, which is not oh. me, the writer, as you were kind of just saying that you might consider in an acting role, but what's in it for the reader? Why are they engaged with this communication? What are they trying to get out of it? Why do they care, truly? And then being so focused on the audience, this line from the article, this comes down to being intentional with yourself and with others about what you're trying to achieve. So what is your objective in communicating? What does your audience know and what do they not know? How do you help them get to where they need to go? And of course, this applies to writing on the job, but it also applies to the application process too. I met with a student uh, just recently about a cover letter and this student stood out to me because instead of just thinking I'm writing this cover letter, can you review it? They said, these are the stories I want to tell. I think these two things that I've done have been really important and informative and I'd like to describe them in a role related to this industry and then in another role that's related, there's still communication things happening, but into this different space. But I still think these two stories are relevant. How do I talk about them in ways that make it clear to the audience that they qualify me? And I thought that was such a productive way to think about it or such a useful way to think about composing those stories because you're keeping the audience in mind. It's not just who am I, what am I writing about, what am I telling them about myself? It's what do they need to know and how do I help them get there? Taking that time to consider that is a huge step of the process and can make your any kind of communication much more effective. Just that setup work that needs to be done, which I think is so often skipped over, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think particularly when we're talking about the job application process and interviewing, we tend to focus on ourselves and even as career counselors, you know, we're focusing on the person who is the interviewer and how they feel. But really, you're going in there with an objective, which is to get the job. And to do that, you're going to have to affect the other person, Mm -hmm. right? So what do you want the other person to feel? You want them to feel excited. You want them to feel like you're 
a great person to work with. You want them to feel like they want to see you again tomorrow. Sure. Right. And that you're that you're qualified. So how do you convey your qualifications in the way that also leads them to want you to, to see them again tomorrow, to see you again tomorrow? Right. And it's always, a, I guess there's a little bit of improv work involved because you probably have not met the person you're sure. interviewing with. And so you have to be able to read the room a little bit. In some cases, making a joke, seeing like you're really humorous, <laughs> <does it> fall? <laughs> is going to be a real advantage. And mm-hmm. like, oh, if I can make this person laugh, and the more I make this person laugh, the more they like me, the more they're going to want to hire me. That's not going to work with everybody. Yeah. We famously, one time, there was a search going on, and the person was very impressive. And one of our colleagues on the hiring committee went, too funny, mm. too funny, too many jokes. Mm. And we all went, yeah, but that was the best part. <laughs> right. But for that person, it was not. It was, you know, so you have to weigh these things. But, of course, of course, that may also tell you something about whether or not you want to work with that, that person as well. Always an important part of the equation, for sure. So, yeah, I thought that these first two of the three general principles were really clear and helpful. Know your big picture goal. So really, again, why are we in the room? What are we thinking about? What does this other person need from me? And then just as you said, think about how the other person, how you want the other person to feel comfortable, relaxed, that they think you're funny. Consider those. But I thought that the piece about being scared was interesting, Mm. too. What was your takeaway from that, Michael? Well, one, yeah, of course it's okay to be scared. I think the the biggest thing here, and it certainly speaks to me very deeply uh, in the career s- services aspect, this gentleman, whose name is also Michael. Mm, conveniently. That he's an amazing actor. <laughs> he says that playing it safe is the killer of any yeah. great performance. And that is absolutely true. When you think about, this comes up a lot in the theater, where you, unlike in the movies, you are seeing the same script over and over again interpreted by different people. So how many different times can you see Hamlet, right? Well, turns out, a lot. And sometimes you go, ugh, uh, I've seen it. It was Hamlet. I've, uh, uh, I've seen it, to be or not to be. Other times you go and you say, oh, that was really interesting. That person made some really different choices. Maybe I loved it. Maybe I hated it. But it got my attention. Because it was different. So, you know, go in and be your boldest self in in any scenario. And I I will sometimes say to students, especially in the interview scenario, is you're nervous. That's understandable. It's a stressful situation by any means. But if you can try to channel it and make it seem like enthusiasm, don't let your nerves take over so that you're grimacing practice relaxing into it and smiling with that nervous energy or even channeling it into a laugh so a great piece of advice certainly advice that I I would get when I was going on audition and I think it's great for an interview too is think about what your biggest fear is I'm afraid I'm going my voice is going to crack I'm afraid my palms are going to sweat I'm afraid I'm going to snort when I laugh you know so think about those things and if you can Focus on that and kind of be most aware of that. You can kind of keep your fear level down. Like, all right, I'm keeping my voice calm and steady. So then that is keeping me calm as well because I'm no longer worried about my voice cracking because I've taken a deep breath before I talk. Maybe I'm worried about talking too fast. That's a fear I have Yes, is that I start to ramble or go on too fast. Podcast listeners. Tell me how I'm doing. But I think that if that's the thing you're worried about and you can concentrate on that one thing, of course, while still being engaged in the interview, right. 
then it makes it a manageable thing to overcome. Sure. And if that thing is a stammer or an um or a like, which is often the case these days, <laughs> I was a like person when I was younger too, the knowledge that you can just take a pause or what I often say is at the beginning, the um might come most naturally as you're formulating your answer or choosing which story to tell. If instead you can just make a slight tweak and change that to yes or absolutely or certainly or that's a great question, it's a concrete thing to change. And it, even if there are ums peppered throughout the answer still, because you didn't lead with one, those others are maybe less noticeable or problematic. Again, being mindful that you don't want to be so focused on the ums that you lose the train of or lose the thread of the conversation or or what you were trying to say. So I, I thought we would kind of put some of this into action. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Please, no karaoke. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Plan two. <laughs> I'm going to. So I'm going to pretend that we're on an interview. Sure. You're interviewing for a position, and we're sort of at the end of the interview, and the employer, me, is going to ask you, what's the main reason you want to work here? And your answer is, I believe in this company's vision, okay? All right. I want you to do that five different ways with different intentions. Oh, okay. My palms just got sweaty just as they were describing, <laughs> which they say means that I'm alive. You're definitely alive. <laughs> I'll give you the feed each time. I'm going to try and be as flat as possible. Okay. Do you want to write your line down? I sure do. <laughs> I believe in this company's mission. I Is that what I'm saying? I believe in this company's vision. Vision, not mission. And are my emotions like sarcasm and... No, or no, what you... I, I don't... But I'm asking, what, what yeah. should I... What should I no, no, so you can do whatever yeah, you want. You a, meet, I want you to make five different choices. Oh, gosh, five? Come on, make yeah. it three. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle, four. Right, okay. um, we have four different choices. All successful? Should I try to make them all successful? I just want you to have a different <laughs> objective each time. Maybe the objective oh. is to not get the job, all right? So I just want, I want five different objectives and... We compromised on four, sir. Oh, sorry. Four, <laughs> ask for what you need, and then I'm going to have Karen... Uh, guess what tactics you were taking for each of those objectives. Oh All right. All right. Let's pause. Take a second. deep breath. I'm <laughs> okay. available for private coaching at a reasonable <laughs> hourly rate. All right. I've got my four. Shouldn't the trained actor be at the receiving end of this? <laughs> no, that's cheating. All right. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Why do you want this job? I believe in this company's vision. All right. That was number one. Karen, what do you think? No cheating. <laughs> She's trying to, listener, she's trying to slide her notes over to Karen. Conveniently, Karen is on my side of the recording studio. You're in the middle. <laughs> oh, she, oh, she's on your side, I see. Oh, literally, uh, yeah. like I can oh, yeah. easily show her my notes. <laughs> I mean, engaging, perhaps? Exactly, conversational. Whether or not you saw that note, I would agree. I would say... That was, it seemed like you were um, about to lead into something else. You believe in this company's vision. And yes, and you did, uh, you cannot see this podcast, but she definitely leaned into that physically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yes, I would say you try to engage me. I would agree with that. It's hard with such a short line, I got to say. But I guess that's the point. That is the point. <laughs> try, you have to imbue everything. Okay. I at least gave it in context. I could have made you said, should we do the laundry? <laughs> Thank goodness it's career related. All right, here we go. Scene two. Why do you want this job? I believe in this company's vision. Well, I, I don't believe that you do. Karen, what do we think? A little flippant. Yeah. 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 Amused. Bemused, Bemused, maybe. Bemused. So was your objective not to get the job that time? <laughs> yeah. Again, I flipped the order, so we're <laughs> Okay, good. That's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three. Why do you want this job? I believe in this company's vision. A little heavy. 
hesitant. Yeah, sure. or disinterested, yeah, uncertain, not truly actually believing in it. Yeah. All right. One, one more. We settled on four. Why do you want this job? I believe in this company's vision. Certainty? Yeah, I was striking, trying to find authentic there. Oh, okay. Would you have made a different choice? Well, so now we're going to get into the nitty gritties yeah. of acting. <laughs> so if your goal was to be authentic. Yes. Okay. Should, can I do another take maybe? Absolutely. All right. What is your objective? What do you want me to feel? I want to truly convey that I genuinely believe what in this company's vision. What do you want me vision. to feel? You want me to believe convinced. in you? Convinced. You, okay, convinced. Yes. Very good. You want to convince me. Right. Great. Go for it. Oh, I see. Hmm. I believe in this company's vision. I believed it. Okay. And it sounded like there would be more to that sentence. Right, of course. I believe it. Okay. I believe that that was very good. Okay. So a tweak slightly. What were you? What was the coaching that was going to follow? So just you have to think about. Yeah. It all goes back to what do you want the person to feel, and then how are you going to achieve that? Fair enough. Right. So a goal as an actor, my goal to be authentic. That's yeah. hard to play authentic. Right? right. That's ultimately what you're going for all the time. Right. But to get me to believe you, which is an an aspect of authenticity, right? Sure. You want to, your action is to convince me. To be and convincing. you said that very yeah. convincingly. Convince you. Got it. Right? This is fascinating. I can do this all day. It's different I in writing. I wanted to do five. <laughs> yeah. I guess in the end, I got five out of you. <laughs> Although the fourth one was ambiguous. <laughs> but, you know, these are things that I think that you can think about in terms of going to a job interview talking to your boss about a project, making a pitch for a project. Asking for a raise. Asking for a raise. My goal is to get a raise. I want Michael to feel like I'm worthy of, say, a very large raise. <laughs> I had to stop myself. I had thousands a very of dollars. real number in mind. Thousands. Um, but so how will, I, how will I do that? That's super helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably things you're thinking about already. It's just a different way to think you're about it. You're focusing them really. And I think for some people, it could be very, very helpful to literally do it as an exercise very early in my acting career, like when I was in high school. You would literally write it out. Mm. I'm going to do this, and to, to achieve that, I'm going to do that. You know? With I down want, to, like, inflection? No, no. Oh, literally okay. just, I want. Oh, I see. Gotcha. I want her to love me, so I will seduce her. I want her to love me, so I will bribe her. I want her to hate me, so I will insult her. You know, all the different ways you could play a scene. Ultimately, I just want her to do the laundry. Ex exactly. Or but someone. maybe I don't want you to do the laundry. <laughs> right? So that's the fun of acting. I used to love doing they called them blank exercises because you can make a whole scene out of nonsense words. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't be anything. I want to do laundry. Would you like a peanut butter sandwich? Whatever it is, just absolutely flat, neutral things. And the, re the rest of the class understands something much deeper is going on. And it could be fun. It could be scary. It's great. So those are, it's one of the reasons that theater people tend to do well in a in a workplace they interview well they get along well with others because they do think about these things but as Lori points out can you really trust them yes just of kidding course of you course can. you can of course you can <laughs> that was the whole preamble author led with that so find a friend who's doing a show and have them do a mock interview with you have them say why do you want this job and practice it Nothing else, you'll have a little bit of fun. Exactly. <laughs>
but it was just a different way of thinking about things, and I hope that's something that we do a lot here on CS Radio, and I hope that you'll join us next time. This podcast is produced by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services Office, a division of the Vice Provost for University Life. Your hosts are Amy Lynn Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It's produced by Karen Yang. We'll see you right here next time on CS Radio.